Welcome to issue 161 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here we take a good look at that most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Mike, and joining me tonight is Daniel. Hi, Daniel. Mike, that was maybe the best read intro of all time. Aw, thanks, bud. That was beautiful. That was absolutely beautiful. Riveting. Excellent. And also joining us tonight is Steve. Hi, Steve. All oh. hail. Oh, all hail. I like it. <laughs> How's it going? Uh, I'm feeling a little cryptic tonight. Cryptic. Cryptic. Yeah, I'm hoping to be perplexing. Oh, okay. The Riddler. Got it. Yes. Got it. Okay. Uh, but before we get on to that, I have a question for Daniel. For me? Daniel, what's on your mind tonight? Well, I feel like in the last couple weeks, I don't think we've thanked board, board game lawyer enough. So I think we need to talk about Bill some more. <laughs> um, now, you know, he's got his generosity. He's given a lot to the community. We've done contests with Rogue, Gambit, other things he's given us. But you know what else he's given us, guys? What else? Money. Oh, yeah. Yes. This is about Patreon. Oh, and I want to thank everyone out there who's, who's um, you know, supported us on Patreon. It's great. We are highlighting Bill today, Board Game Lawyer, because he was our very first patron. How cool is that? Yeah, it's like he had the, his finger hovering over the button just waiting. It's like he knew it was coming. I don't know. But again, so many folks have supported us. It's amazing. We're super grateful. Um, we had a very, I think, not lofty goal, which was to not have to cover the hosting fees. And I think I <laughs> basically think keep there. the lights on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yep. I think we might even be able to um, hire a fumigator for the lair, guys. Oh, well, don't get crazy. Don't get crazy. Okay. Maybe we're not I like there those cockroaches. So. Oh, well, <laughs> there's the one that I talk to a lot that seems nice, but some of the others just get on my nerves. But you know what? We're going to upgrade Bill from minion to head radiation leak tester. It's earned it. Because it really makes sense that, you know, we give... Well, somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. Bill makes perfect sense to me. I do need to apologize in advance. We are out of protective suits, but we think you'll do a great job. Yeah. I mean, Congrats he's earned your promotion. Upgrade. Yeah, Thank good you. job. Yep. Does not come with a pay raise. No. No. Thanks, Bill. Thank you. But, Steve, we're not just here to thank Bill, though we could do that every show, I imagine, and, and it would make sense. There must be something else. Yes, we are going to talk about the third scenario in the Sinister Motives campaign box, Mysterio, part mm. one tonight. Yeah. Uh, who's doing that one? Is that you, Mike? You're doing it? Um, I think, but didn't I do last week's? No. Mm. Oh. No, I wasn't Daniel, even on last week. Must be uh, up for Daniel. Daniel's turn? No, you know I'm sorry, Steve. You know what? I'm really looking at the notes. Uh, it says oh. Steve in big sparkly letters. Oh, it does say Steve. Look at that. He even poured glitter on it. You must be really excited to spin this yarn, Steve. I am. I am. Okay. Uh, I was just trying to be obscure there a little bit. Uh, <laughs> talk about Mysterio. All right. So, channel, Mysterio. channel your best Jake Gyllenhaal, Steve. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, fair warning. The Mysterio uh -oh. from the MCU movies and the Mysterio from the comics have considerable differences. There's some similarities, but there's some big differences, too. 
Um, what? Yeah, surprise, <laughs> surprise, the movies don't match the books. Um, but so we're going to talk comic, comic <laughs> Mysterio. And did you know that he first appears in Amazing Spider-Man number 13 in 1963? That is an issue before Green Goblin even shows up. Wow. Yeah, he is hardcore classic Spider-Man character. So is this like the original, original Spider-Man series? Right. Yes. Number 13. Wow. Right? Yeah. So who's older than this guy? Well, we'll, we'll have to see. Uh, Vulture shows up before him. So. Okay. Right. Or does he? We'll talk about that later. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. So let's. You're being weirdly vague, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Good. <laughs> Great clickbait. <laughs> oh, good clickbait. You're right. Let, let's picture. A sleepy little town, the camera opens up on, you know, New York City. Uh, the sleepiest of towns. The sleepiest of towns. And there we see the sinister Spider-Man, the abysmal arachnoid, and that warped web-slinger in his natural habitat, committing grand theft larceny. What? Yeah, it's right. Spider-Man is a criminal, just as J. Jonah Jameson has been trying to tell us all along. We see oh. Spider-Man out on a crime spree at the start of this book. Uh, we're gonna we watch as the news reports roll in, telling us what we already know that that webhead is a criminal. Steve, are you sure you got this story right? Yeah, okay. uh, we have eyewitness reports because who else is able to wall crawl? Who else can shoot webs from their hands? Who else can form a parachute out of webbing and then escape down off the side of a building with a big sack of money slug over their shoulder, like classic bag with a dollar sign on it, sack of money. <laughs> nice, <laughs> right? <laughs> Well, I guess only Spider-Man can do that, Steve. Only Spider-Man. That's right. And by morning, the public outcry is nearly nationwide. Oof. Public opinion has finally turned correctly against Spider-Man. He's hated across the city, except ironically by uh, class bully Flash Thompson. Weird. Uh, yes, Flash Thompson, who eventually gets the Venom symbiote. Okay. Uh, well, great story, Steve. Great story. Let's move on to some cards. Yes, good. <laughs> We're done there. We don't need to keep going, right? Uh, no, let's keep going. We'll keep going. Okay, good, because I thought you said this was about Mysterio. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have to. I guess we have to get to Mysterio. All right. Okay. So we'll cut to the next day or a little later on after we see all this public outcry to Spider-Man, who is sitting there watching the news, he, reading the newspaper, he, and he claims in that self you know, dialogue to himself from all those early comics, right? The little thought bubble to himself. Uh, he doesn't remember committing these crimes, which can mean only one thing. He has a split personality disorder. Well, obviously. Obviously, that's, that's right where his mind goes. Uh, he thinks, oh, I must be like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. I can't remember committing these crimes at night. So come morning, I've, I've forgotten because uh, it's, I'm a different person at nighttime than I am in the morning. Wait, he actually says that? Yes, he says Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. He's, he's talking to himself in his bedroom, debating on how he could have committed these crimes. Never questioning, like, where's the big bag of money? But <laughs> He's actually talking about the literary characters, right? And not the monsters in the MCU? Yeah, I, I believe so. I don't think those characters have showed up yet They're not in here comics yet, right? at this point. Yeah. So he decides, well, what I should do is I should go see a, a doctor. Uh, you know, um, He goes to see a doctor. He like, just crawls in the guy's window. And then he realizes that the doctor's like, oh, my gosh, if I have Spider-Man as a patient, my practice is just going to boom. I'm going to be super famous. So, like, sit down on the couch. Let's talk this through. And then Peter Parker realizes, like, he, 
he realizes he might like spill the beans on a secret identity and so he can't do that so he just he jumps out back out the window he's got to come up with a different option we're gonna we cut away from spider-man over to our favorite newspaper man j jonah jameson mr jameson here receives a note about a meeting from someone who says that they can bring spider-man to justice and it is none other than mysterio okay so now we're going to meet Mysterio for the first time in all his corny custom outfit glory. Right? He's got this that outfit that we've seen doesn't change very much from day one to now. The cheesy uh, astronaut costume. Yeah. Yep. Like the big the big helmet. The big helmet. Yes. Okay. The big helmet, which J. Jonah Jameson first nicknames the fishbowl. Oh yeah. And okay. it stays from then till now, right? Like that nickname for his helmet, the fishbowl remains and we have mr jameson to thank for that but the man inside the suit promises that he has powers that can stop spider-man he promises i'll stop spider-man all you have to do is publish this notice in the newspaper and it will bring spider-man to the brooklyn bridge where i can meet him and j jonas st jameson says great let's do it and he publishes the note and later on parker reads the newspaper and says, oh, I better go show up at the Brooklyn Bridge. This guy's going to give me all the answers I need for why I'm committing these crimes and figure out what's really going on. This explains his thwart of one. <laughs> yeah, he walks right into it. He walks right, or swings right into it, I guess. All right, so Spider-Man shows up on the top of the Brooklyn Bridge. Mysterio's on the top of the Brooklyn Bridge. There is no talking. They just like, ah, you, you, and they just do battle. Okay, right, right to the fight. Uh, and we learn that Mysterio's powers are quite amazing. He can move like Spider-Man along the sides of the bridge. He can even stop Spider-Man's webbing just with a wave of his hand. He can just wave his hand and the, the webbing stops being shot at him. He can nullify Spider-Man's spidey sense in this cloud that he can produce, this mystic cloud he makes. He's a heck of a fighter too. You know, he's got the moves. Pow, bang, this and that. So they're fighting and Mysterio gets the better of Spider-Man and pow, he knocks him right off the bridge, defeats Spider-Man. Boom. Oh wow! Awesome. great story, Steve. Great story. Yeah, move on to some cards. Let's move right on. Now we can move on, right? Uh, well, let's not move on yet because the very next day, Mysterio is hailed as a hero. He rightly receives a parade down Fifth Avenue for defeating the Web Menace. He gets a ticker tape parade. Oh, yeah. After the parade, he gets interviewed by the Daily Bugle and. Peter Parker is there, right, to take pictures. And Parker illegally slips a web tracker on Mysterio, right? Invades the man's privacy. And uh, so he can track Mysterio's movements after the party and the, the celebration. So, all right. Later that night, Spider-Man just shows up where Mysterio happens to be. And they do battle once again. Mysterio's like, how'd you find me? You know, Parker doesn't fess up to his little crime. But... Um, they start to do battle. And during the battle, Spider-Man tricks Mysterio into confessing that it was Mysterio who was committing all those crimes dressed up like Spider-Man. Okay. Just dressed uh, up? Yeah. Using his powers to, in, to imitate Spider-Man. But Mysterio knows that he's clearly going to squish Spider-Man like the bug he is. So Mysterio does that thing that villains shouldn't do. But we love it when they do. Yeah. He starts monologuing. Oh, he goes all Mustafa. Yes. So he just lays (laughs) it all out. He just tells Spider-Man his whole story. Um, 
So at least we get to hear his whole story. Uh, you guys want to hear his whole story? I, I guess. I mean, that, I that's what they did in this era. Everything. Story. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Mysterio Quentin Beck is his name, which we actually don't learn his name until quite later on. Um, but he used to be a movie stuntman who got into special effects. He was designed co- costumes and props, and he realized that he could like design stuff that looked like Spider-Man, and he could design gadgets and gizmos that would give him mm-hmm. Spider-Man-like abilities. He could duplicate Spider-Man's wall-crawling powers with suction cup boots. Uh, he could make a little gun that would shoot webbing. Uh, he can create an acid spray out of his gloves that will dissolve the webbing as they're being shot at him. Right, that's how he uses his he waves his hand around and just stops the webbing because he's spraying acid at, at the same time. Um, he also happens to be a pretty good chemist because of his history. And he's the cloud a chemist, that, don't you know? Right, for, he needs it for his special effects to make <laughs> nice, various clouds and stuff. Well, his cloud has a chemical in it that negates Spider-Man's spidey sense. So it's like a chemical emission. Yeah, it, uh-huh. he, he, it shoots out of like different parts of his costume, and he has different clouds, like smoke cloud or oh my god, yeah, they're, dr- they're drugs and stuff. But inside his helmet, he's safe because he's got a air tank in there, and he can breathe in his helmet, so he's not breathing in the poisonous gas that he's emitting. Um, uh, oh, that's brilliant! I didn't realize he was so hokey. Like I thought it was going to be all special effects. I didn't realize he actually had suction cups. Nice, yeah. Uh, and and eventually later we learn that his boots also have like a spring load in them, so he can leap like Spider Man as well. Uh, I mean, that's all it takes. That's it. You just need to be able to jump. So, so no magic. No magic. Although he no will declare himself. He will declare himself a master of the mystic arts. <laughs> oh, I I see what's happening. Uh, <laughs> I thought so, but I was trying to ignore it. But okay. No, no cyborgs. No munitions. No munitions. Oh. Right. Keep going, there Steve. Be, there might be some hints here. Okay, so he decides with all these <laughs> abilities that he's going to impersonate Spider-Man. He's going to commit crimes as Spider-Man. Then he's going to make his alter ego and capture Spider-Man and get the best of both worlds because he's going to have all the loot that he steals. And then he's going to be hailed the hero for capturing Spider-Man and get rewards and all that kind of accolades. Well, you know what? That's actually brilliant. Yeah, he's the criminal and the conqueror. Love it. Uh, that fishbowl helmet also acts kind of like uh, he models it after the eyes off a of Spider-Man suit because he can see out what people can't see in. Um, oh, his helmet also has sonar in it that lets him see inside his clouds, which gives him sort of a spidey sense, sort of. It's all very perfectly designed. And he uses his name of Mysterio because it instills awe and fear in the hearts of his enemies. Mm. Uh, kind of like Taserface from uh, the Guardians <laughs> movie. <laughs> All right, so he's done monologuing. I have told you everything. Now I will squish you like a bug. And then Parker reveals he's been tape recording him the whole time. Wait, illegally? Yeah. I mean, I think New York's a two-state party. I don't, you know, two-party state where you have to tell them you're going to record them. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, <laughs> Parker gets a jump on Mysterio because Mysterio's still, like, yakking away. And he knocks him through a wall. And he flies through the wall, and lands in, of all places, a movie set. Uh, and they do battle in front of, like, this space movie set and stuff. They jump all over the props and everything like that. Uh, and the bystanders are making some funny comments and things like that. And I think it must be movie magic, because Spider-Man does manage to get the better of Mysterio, and he captures him. Mm. Okay. He's taken. He's locked up. 
uh, J. Jonah Jameson has egg in his face because Spider-Man is, you know, exonerated of his crimes. Uh, Jameson had backed Mysterio, and Mysterio's the real criminal, and off he goes to jail. For now. That's, uh, that's kind of like the opening we see of him. So, Well, we're not ending on that note. No, we can go back a little farther. You want to go back a tiny bit farther? A little you bit. You said we didn't learn that he was Quentin Beck for a long time. I, they don't mention his name, I don't think, that whole first issue. Okay. Uh, we don't find out his name is Quentin Beck until much later on. in for Because he gets out of jail, right? And he goes and he does more things. And he keeps going to jail and coming out of jail back and forth. And eventually we get like a flashback um, in one of the other, one of his series, where we learn his name is Quentin Beck. He's a son of Elmore and Henrietta. He's born in Riverside, California. And growing up, he loved movies and special effects as a kid. Sure. And his uncle gave him like a small eight millimeter movie camera that he was his first camera. But his dad's kind of a loser and he thinks it's a waste of time. So he smashes the camera. Oh, what? Yeah. Uh, that doesn't dissuade Quentin from what he loves to do. He continues to learn like the arts of stop motion, special effects, and he goes to MIT. And that solidifies his career aspirations of being a special effects slash stuntman. Okay. Yeah, I guess you learned stuntman at MIT. I don't know. <laughs> Jumping off MIT, yeah. Yeah, he gets out of college. He goes into the movie business he, as a special effects artist, and he learns stuntman of things on the side. But he's not getting recognized for his work. It's not like he's not being fulfilled because he's not getting recognized. So he tries hmm. his hand at acting in front of the camera because that's where people get noticed. Uh, and he had noticed that Spider-Man was making headlines, so he could also make headlines, maybe. But that doesn't work out for him either. He's not a very good actor. Um, at least he's not, he's not making it as an actor. He eventually works on a PR piece. Because did you know Spider-Man has an agent at one point? No. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he works on like this PR piece with Spider-Man. But Spider-Man shows up late for it and ruins the whole thing, like ruins his career, which is why he has this thing out for Spider-Man now. That's the second person in, what, two weeks? Right. He ruins their career? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so during the whole, like, while it's, like, going downhill for him, some coworker jokes, you know, Beck, your, your skills are better than Spider-Man. You could probably defeat Spider-Man with all your stuff. And Beck says, yeah, you're right. And he turns to a life of crime. And, and we... Then we see Mysterio in issue 13. So. Well, all right, then. This guy's fun. Yeah, he is fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, shall we see if his cards are also fun? Yeah, we definitely I mean, I, I will say I didn't find him all that sympathetic until you did the childhood bit, Steve. Well, it's a classic early villain where they don't give you any backstory. He just shows up. And right. we don't get that backstory until decades later. So It's all, look how cool this guy is. And it, yeah, yeah, it's funny looking back. Right. <laughs> all right, well... <laughs> the fish. <laughs> that's like what JJJ like focuses in on. He he doesn't care about the Spider-Man bit for a few minutes, so he can just pick on the fishbowl. Um, all right, so this is Sinister Motives box, third scenario, sixteen total cards, ten by title, and we're tonight we're gonna look at six of them. I did a lot of talking. I think Daniel should read Mysterio. Well, I'd be happy to. So our main villain, Mysterio, is criminal traded. He's got two scheme, one attack with the seeds of fear. Now, whether he schemes or attacks, the forced response, after you resolve a boost card during Mysterio's activation, place that card in your discard pile if it has the illusion trait. Wow. In your discard pile, guys. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. 
Yeah, we should read through these, then we can talk about it. Okay. Uh, level 2 Mysterio is 2 and 2. And when revealed in player order, shuffle the top card of the encounter deck into each player's deck. Um, here, Seeds of Fear becomes Creeping Fear. And this force response is after you resolve a boost card during Mysterio's activation, place that card on the bottom of your deck if it has the illusion trait. Moving from discard to bottom. All right. Mysterio 3. Now, interestingly, fellas, Mysterio 2 is 2-2, two, two, and so is Mysterio 3. He's 2 scheme to attack. When revealed, discard the top five cards of each player's deck. So we've gone from Seeds of Fear to Creeping Fear to Bound by Fear. The force response is after you resolve a boost card during Mysterio's activation, place that card on the top of your deck if it has the illusion trait. Huh. Oh, this is so good. And the hit points are 15, 17, and 16. Have we ever had a villain go down in hit points? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. That is weird. That is weird. Yeah. Huh. Okay. It's strange, and that's mysterious. So. <laughs> wow. So what do you guys think of these these three put together? Uh, it's good. Um, well, it's it's good if we understand what's happening with the cards in your deck. Do you want to talk about that now? Yeah, we should do the main scheme and then and then we can go from there. Mike, tell us about the main scheme. Sure. This is Maze of Mirrors, the main scheme, 1A. Contents, you know, the usual, Mysterio, Mysterio, Mysterio. Also, Personal Nightmare and the standard encounter sets. Plus one modular set, and they recommend Whispers of Paranoia. Setup, put a shifting apparition minion into play, engage with each player, shuffle. And on the flip side, 1B, we have eight threat per player. Here's your max. Each turn of a corner reveals countless copies of yourself. Shattered panes rebound seamlessly to whole, and every attempt to circumnavigate the labyrinth forces you deeper within. Defeating Mysterio may be the only means of escape. Starts with two threat per player, goes up by one per player. Forced interrupt. When you would draw or discard an encounter card from your deck, Deal it your, to yourself as a face-down encounter card and draw one card. Uh-huh. So really important because, you know, later on there's other effects that do put encounter cards in your in your deck and, and whatnot. In this scenario, when you draw an encounter card, you do get to replace it. And you don't immediately reveal that card, the, that encounter card. It gets put in front of you and then they all get revealed at once during the villain phase. Okay, so let's see. Let's talk about what this means for the different versions of Mysterio. At the beginning, if the card, uh, his boost card has the illusion trait, it goes into your discard pile, which means you won't see it at least until you reshuffle. Then on version two, uh, it goes on the bottom of your deck, so you'll see it sooner, maybe very soon if you have uh, cards that re reshuffle your deck. And then Mysterio three, it puts the card right on top of your deck, so you're going to see it next turn. Cool stuff. Yeah, it gets closer and closer and closer as he levels up. Yeah. And thins out the encounter deck. Yeah. And note that when revealed in version 3, where you everybody discards the top five cards of their deck, that triggers the response that all the encounter cards end up in front of you. But I've got a question for you. Shoot. If Mysterio 3 comes along and I discard my five cards and one of them happens to be Illusion, I actually get to draw a card, right? Yeah, you do. You do. Even though those discards wouldn't have added to my hand at all. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, so it all depends on what the timing of that is. If someone defeats Mysterio and you haven't had your turn yet, then you get an extra card. 
It's kind of cool. But if it's if you've had your turn, then it's something you may have to think about keeping or discarding, you know, for your next before you draw your next hand. Right. Yep, it is neat. Cool. They have said like they realize an encounter card is in your deck and they're not worried that you've sleeved them or that they have different backs or anything like that. So you see that card creeping up, 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 getting closer and closer, right? <laughs> yeah. I love that they said you have you have that information. Yeah. Yeah. Um I do close my eyes when I shuffle, but I don't like it doesn't impact the way I stop shuffling if I know there's an encounter card in there. Yeah, me too. Yeah. No, it's fun. Yeah, it's it's really it's really fun. I always well, you, what can be devastating or really fun for Mysterio is when the last maybe you've put one or two cards on the bottom of your deck and you go to f- draw, so you draw out and you just decked yourself, so you're getting extra encounter card plus all these cards. Like you can end up with a lot of encounter cards in front of you for like a, a heavy boost of um, of an encounter phase. But the ones that go in your deck aren't like too brutal, I don't think, but it's they're definitely impactful. Uh, it doesn't feel as, I don't know, it doesn't feel as daunting as like a huge surge train. It's just, you're like, oh man, here comes this one card I know I'm going to have to deal with. So yeah. yeah. I know what you mean about decking out because... As we'll see, you know, next week when we talk about more of these cards, they tend to concentrate at the bottom. So when it hits, yeah, you you do get hit with that plus your bonus card from reshuffling your deck. Uh, this is a good time to talk about how I broke Mysterio in the game that the three of us played. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. that. I totally remember that. I wasn't yeah. impaired by Mysterio's gas or anything. Yeah, it's um. Uh, so I was playing a Web Warrior. Miles Morales deck, although really any Web Warrior would work. And um, I had uh, Scarlet Spider, um, where <laughs> you you call an encounter card before you flip it. And if it's the type, you say event, attachment, treachery, sorry, treachery, attachment, enemy, uh, then you deal him a damage and you get to draw a card. And there's no limit to that. And it doesn't exhaust him. And I was playing leadership, so I had things like a rapid response. So I would start some turns with 13 cards in my hand because I had seven or eight or more with all the surges in counter cards that phase. And I would just be like, treachery, 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 kill off uh, Scarlet Spider, bring him back with rapid response, immediately do it again. Uh, It was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. Daniel, what I'm hearing is Mike is a hero, not a villain, because he keeps giving up these secrets. Uh, that that was that was a cheaty hero move. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's his usual confession of cheating. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's how you play hero, right? Yeah, uh-huh. that's true. Well, yeah, that's you got to get into character. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So you know what we haven't done yet is actually read his second scheme. Did you know he had a second scheme? He did. Uh, before we get there, and so like, apart from like that little trick, is that all the heroes have for? countering or benefiting somewhat from all these extra encounter cards i guess star lord could benefit. he loves this one um is that it or are there more if you so characters who will discard cards from your deck like iron man's repulsor blast right you discard five cards from your deck and if you know that those are encounter cards are going to get put in front of you because they're going to eventually get there anyways you're going to be able to draw more cards so that's you can, true you can time it so at least you're getting some card draw off of it prior to the encounter cards actually coming out. That's interesting. 
Um, I actually have a rules question. Oh boy. And this is relating to some more recent cards. Because as of this recording, Mutant Genesis is out. And okay. I, I'm sure we'll talk about this, what, in two years, three years? Uh, the Mystique <laughs> Encounter set puts encounter cards in your deck. But that one, the way that set works is normally you draw the card and then you don't replace it, right? If you put Mystique in the Mysterio scenario and you drew or discarded her cards, these scenario rules would take priority, would they not? Um, you drew well. an encounter card, therefore you put it in front of you. So you'll, you'll draw it again later, but you get to draw a card to replace it. So, well, yeah, this is a, car, a card like Infiltration, which when it comes out of the, that's a Mystique card. It comes out, you get you shuffle into your deck. Um, it says a forced response after this card enters your hand. Blah 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 blah. It does something. While the Mysterio is a forced interrupt, so the forced interrupt triggers before a for, forced response. Right. Yes. Because a forced interrupt is when you would draw it, do this thing. The Mystique card is after you draw it, do this thing. So Mystique is actually weaker in this scenario. In this scenario, right. Okay. Because a card never reaches your... The Mystique card never makes it to your hand because the Mysterial card does its thing because it's an it interrupt it. versus a response. Yeah, the interrupt yeah. is... I, yeah, I can kind of think that is always like first and then response is last. So Interesting. Well, another way to cheat, Mike. Yeah, don't do that. Don't do that. Because... <laughs> <laughs> a lot of fun. Don't don't do that to yourself. <laughs> All right, well, Mike, we did not actually read the second scenario for Mysterio. Let's oh. do that, shall we? Yeah, we should do that. All right, Edge of Reality, 2A. Mysterio's manipulation of the mind has started to take its toll, blurring your perception of reality and fantasy. Kind of like listening to this show. But um, ching <laughs> When revealed in player order, shuffle the top two cards of the encounter deck into each player's deck. And we know what that means. So we're going to flip it to 2B. It has nine maximum threat per player. It starts with three threat per player, and it goes up by one threat per player. If you don't hurry, the hallucinations may become a permanent part of your psyche, leaving you forever trapped in a nightmare. Forced interrupt. When you withdraw or discard an encounter card from your deck, deal it to yourself as a face-down encounter card. Draw one card. If the stage is completed, the players lose the game. Oh. So it's basically the same forced interrupt as on 1B, right? Yep. It's the same thing. But it you're already a third of the way to losing based on the threat. And if it threats out, you lose. So. Wow. So, so far, so good. It plays into what he does. Yep, absolutely. And Mike, you dig this set a lot, right? Uh, maybe I'll give my opinion next week. But how about a little teaser? A little teaser? I have thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. He's inscrutable. He really is. Right. So there's another card, Shifting Apparition, that does start in play, but we'll talk about it next week when we go through the encounter set. Um, I think that makes sense, right, guys? I think that's a great idea. Okay. All right. Well, that's Mysterio, his main cards, the mechanics of the set. Seems fun. Mm. Um, but, Mike, if people want to get a hold of us, how are they going to do that? Hey, folks. Have you ever peered out to the edge of reality? What did you see? Let us know. I'm too scared. 
You can email us at criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. We are also Critical Encounters on Facebook, and you can find us on YouTube or on Patreon by searching for Critical Encounters Podcast. And on Discord, we are Vardane, Big Foam Loaf, and Wandering Tuke. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. May Mysterio, take us out! You dare my Mysterio magician? Ooh, Mysterio is no mere illusion playing politics. Mysterio is the master of the army.